dear Christian friends, grace, mercy, peace, and joy are yours through our transfigured Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Gospel, our basis, I want to reread verses 2 and 3. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Lord, guide us in truth. Your word is truth. Getting ready for an event can take on a lot of different forms, can't it? If it's getting ready for Thanksgiving or Easter, it can be orchestrating all of the best cooks in the family so that they can use the kitchen efficiently and put out the best meal possible. If it's Preparation for a wedding, it could be gathering all of your friends around so that they can share in the joy of your event. Preparation can also happen when you're making a big decision. You could gather your wisest friends to you so that you can receive the best advice. Sometimes... Apparently, it can also look like going into a dark cave for four days. And hopefully, the preparation is done so that the event can go smoothly. Not to say that the event won't be hard or have work that goes with it. It most certainly will. But the bit of encouragement and preparation on the front end gives the energy so that the event will go smoothly the planned way. And that's what we see in the transfigured Jesus. It was an event that changed him, or charged him, and changed us. This mountain experience charged Jesus at just the right time. He had been in his public ministry for over two years at this point, and he had been all over. He had preached and taught all over the Holy Land, driving out demons, speaking about the upcoming trials. Very busy. And in fact, the section just before our gospel for this morning is where Jesus predicted his own coming death, and Peter told him this would not happen. And there's that famous part where Jesus turned to his friend and says, get behind me, Satan, telling him that he is a stumbling block. Jesus knew that his time was imminent. In about 40 days, he would be going into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And in 45 days, he would die 
horrifically. Jesus' headspace was probably all kinds of messed up right at this point. He knew what needed to be done, but he wasn't really looking forward to it with glee. And so he needed to be encouraged. He took his inner circle to the top of a mountain and, well, the gospel for today happened. We're told that Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus and were talking to him. The good Dr. Luke tells us that it was about his upcoming departure. And while we'd like to know a few more of the specifics that they talked about, we are not told. But then the cloud appeared, and the voice of the Father rang out, and the disciples hit the ground out of fear. From there, we see that this event did exactly what it was supposed to do. Jesus, in what I imagine to be the calmest of voices, comes to his disciples and tells them, to get up. His demeanor has totally changed. And with confidence, he told Peter, James, and John not to talk about this event. Jesus, having been encouraged by Moses and Elijah, powerful figures, Moses, the human side of the Old Covenant, and Elijah, the mightiest of the prophets, was then ready for the big steps that were to come. And I'm sure he smiled as he heard his father's voice echo on the mountainside. And so begins the drive to Jerusalem. The next chapters of Matthew are simply covered in red ink. Jesus teaching, driving out more demons, making his way to Gethsemane, to Golgotha, and the tomb. This quiet evening on the hilltop did something for Jesus. It took his spirit that was getting worked up about the upcoming times and bolstered him. It charged him like an awesome pep rally just with Moses, Elijah, and of course, God Almighty, he was ready to get into the fight. Peter, James, and John were charged too. I mean, how could they not be? They saw their dear friend change right before their faces to shine brightly. They got to see the heroes of the Jewish faith, and they knew who they were without any kind of introduction. How awesome that was. Peter got so worked up that he started speaking, and Luke once again tells us he didn't know what he was saying. What we know is not only did they get to see Jesus Moses and Elijah, before Peter finished speaking, they heard the voice of the Father. How cool is that? I mean, terrifying, utterly. But how cool. 
I can also imagine that those guys just would not stop talking about that as they were on their way down the mountainside, going back to the group. Oh, did you see that? Did, you, did, you, did your ears hurt a little bit? They were just so excited. And then Jesus says that last little bit. Don't tell anyone. Can you imagine how the other disciples felt? They had seen the four of them go off, Jesus looking kind of troubled, and now this group comes back and something had definitely changed, but the details were, were kind of lacking. Instead of specifics, the other disciples just got swept up in the drive to Jerusalem and the cross that the transfiguration had kicked off. I actually think it's pretty easy for us to think how the other disciples might have felt because we can feel the same way. Not always, but at times we can get caught up in that same feeling. We struggle with the events of the days that are happening around us. The ads on TV are constantly shoving hot-button issues into our face. Wars and conflicts that have been going on for far too long. And, of course, the commentaries that go along with that. And we're in a divided culture, and if you're talking with somebody with whom you don't, you don't necessarily agree with, well, they get to call you whatever name they want, any label that makes you appear to be an unloving monster. That can be an isolating experience. You can feel that you're left without the answers. We can feel lonely. Even though we know that we're connected to God, even though we know we have faith in Jesus, sometimes it seems like we're lacking that big reveal of the plan and the purpose. We don't see Him shining and walking around with the heroes of faith. We don't get to hear the voice booming from the cloud. Maybe we don't see how He is present in our everyday life. We see Christians not acting like Christians. We see and hear griping and complaining. And truth be told, sometimes we join in. We can start to adopt the tactics of the world around us. We can argue just as loud as they can we can be just as nasty. We can use their language. Or something even worse. We can give up. We hit a place where despair takes over. There's nothing that I can say or do that's going to make a difference anyway. Why bother? We stop reacting. And that path leads us down eventually to questioning everything, including our connection to God. We don't see Him. We don't hear Him. We don't have the answers. Is He even there? 
That's the pattern of the world. And that's totally where our sinful nature wants us to go. With the aid of the sinful natures of all the people around us, it wants us to act in accord with their desires, to conform to the image of the world, an image that leads to destruction. But I left something out earlier, didn't I? Did you catch it? Jesus didn't just say, don't tell. He said, don't tell until the Son of Man rises from the dead. We read this account in books not written by Peter, James, and John. So they must have told. And if they told... Well, that means that Jesus did rise from the dead. And if Jesus did rise from the dead, that means that the Father did approve of him. And if the Father did approve of him, that means that Jesus was perfect. And if Jesus was indeed perfect, then he never lied. And if he never lied, then we can trust that he is with us even to the end of the age. Even when it seems hard, even when we feel that we are alone, even when we feel that we don't have enough information, He is with us. We have Jesus, who shined like the sun as our example. No, not, not our example, as our substitute. Jesus went right up to that cross and died so that our sins would die there too. Those times that we despair or we curse or conform to the image of the world, all of that guilt was nailed there to the cross in the form of Jesus. So that when God looks at us, when He looks at you, He sees Jesus. He sees His inheritors. Holy people. Welcome to come to Him. He sees people that though they have sinned, yet because of this Jesus, they are changed into a people with whom He is well pleased. Jesus paid it all. The transfigured Jesus, He changed us. He changed us from objects of the wrath of God into heirs of the kingdom. And though we still have hard times right now, we still struggle with our sinful natures and the sinful natures of other people. We, we struggle with our desires to follow our own paths. Jesus is still with us. Shining for us fixing our eyes on Him and doing as the voice from the cloud said, listening to Him. When we do that, we find that we become less and less like the world. And we become more like Him. And when the world falls further, because it will, 
And when others fall away or act like the world, because they will, we don't join in. We yet remain faithful to the transfigured Jesus because we can see that His image is more powerful than all that the world can throw at us. We have peace because He rose from the dead. He didn't lie. He loves you. He wants to gather you in His arms. And so He comes to you in word and sacrament so that you can have the assurance of His presence today. More powerful than your doubts, more powerful than the world, He overcame it all. And so it is that we come to the end of the season of Epiphany. Jesus was revealed at the beginning to the Gentiles as the prophesied Savior. And He is revealed now on the Mount of Transfiguration as the very Son of God. Powerful revelations for the impact of the whole world. And for us, to see this glorified Son right before Lent, this is for our benefit so that we are prepared for the coming season not with a darkness retreat but by seeing Jesus shine brightly he was boosted for what was to come and as we watch him now go through the payment for our sins watch closely see your sin Die. Watch as your soul is redeemed and delight in the presence of the transfigured Jesus. It charged him to do the necessary work, and it changed you to be more like him. This is our preparation to get through Lent with the knowledge that the triumph of Easter morning is coming. Amen.